welcome to the Vive Mental Health Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Vive Mental Health Podcast and part two of my conversation with Samantha Graham from the Align Mind Weekly Podcast. We are talking about pandemic fatigue and mindset management and thought work. And Sam, I'd like to talk about social media a little bit because one thing that we do have control over is how we interact on social media. And that's something I want to touch on because due to the increased isolation and and because it's where we get a lot of our news from and our social interactions from, not only has the general usage gone up, but how we're using it at once being said has been amplified, I guess. I think people are talking with more of an outside voice than an inside voice. And that's in part, I think, due to the frustration and emotional toll that this pandemic has taken. What I'm seeing as well is that people are are digitally congregating with with certain ideas and narratives and and there's a lot of herd mentality. And because we're we're such social animals, we're we're inclined to side with the loudest voices in our circle and I'm I'm just not sure that we're taking the time to question some of the ideas that we find ourselves parroting. Like do do I really believe this? Am I just agreeing here because there's a ton of likes already? You know, do I really believe this stuff? Am I really upset? Am I really angry? Do I maybe have more empathy and more patience than I'm actually admitting here? So your, okay, so your personal social media following is quite large. You get a lot of interactions and see a lot of different points of view. So what, what have you seen, Sam, as far as people's mentality goes? How are people interacting differently than they were, say, a year ago? I don't know that they are. I think the subject matter has changed, has become more heightened, has more consequences uh, or or potential consequences. I think to your point earlier, there's a sense of divisiveness that potentially we're not seeing in such an overt way. If we if we rewound the clock 12, you know, 24 months from, from today, 2020 was an interesting year because it wasn't just the pandemic for people. People's real lives were happening in the middle of all of this chaos. And then we had George Floyd and we had the unrest in the United States. And then we had the election, which, you know, another round of unrest in the United States. So divisiveness has been sort of at the forefront possibly more so at least from my perspective than previous years. So I think we're seeing people have louder voices about these things. When I look at thought work, it's it's tricky for me because I have to respect that I've done a lot of research and I've done a lot of self-practice uh, and that not everybody thinks like me when it comes to thought work, that not everybody is there yet, nor does everybody want to get there. They're never going to buy into it, and that's absolutely okay. So I try to look at the way people are interpreting situations around them from that lens, that I have a certain vantage point and a certain opinion about how they might be thinking about things relative to the thought work practice and and the practice of managing your emotions through your thoughts, but they aren't necessarily coming at it that way. I think what's important when I'm watching people is recognizing that people are going to need to feel some of these emotions, but check in with themselves to where they're coming from, check into what the real emotion is that they they might be feeling because sometimes we're afraid, but we 
seem angry. Angry is a really common and 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 somewhat useful replacement emotion because when you're afraid, you it feels completely out of control and it it feels completely powerless and there's a level level of uh, vulnerability that comes from being afraid that most of us uh, aren't comfortable with unless we spend some time really getting comfortable with it. So then it translates into anger. And I think you see that. I think you see that in the Twitter replies. I think you see people lashing out at each other over masks um, about whether or not someone has chosen. I saw one the other day, really, really angry people because a woman chose to fly to go to her father's funeral in Portugal. And she came back and she needed to isolate, which she did not have issue with. But there was a lot of um, increased pricing. And, and from my perspective, it seemed like gouging. But people were very angry with her for making the decision in, you know, when it comes to a, a relative that close to her who has passed away and, and to go to that. People seem mad. I'm not convinced they're as mad as they are. I'm I'm starting to think that a lot of people are still scared and, and they're feeling frustrated. Um you know, if we're all in this together, it seems easier to do. But if some people are getting special exceptions, I think we're going to talk about this, the FOMO stuff. But if some people are getting things that I'm not getting, that makes this more infuriating uh, than when all of us weren't getting anything and we were all locked in our houses, we could sort of look around and I liken it to children in a playground. And if, you know, no one or, or even in the lunchroom, I remember this being a child, Everyone has their sandwiches, right? They've pa- parents have packed a lunch, and then my dad shows up with McDonald's, um, and suddenly everyone hates that sandwich. It's just not fair. They were fine with it five minutes ago, but somebody got something better or got to got to have a privilege that uh, that they didn't have in that immediate moment. And and you know what? We're big kids. That doesn't go away. There's a psychology to that, but. I do think when I'm watching it happen on social media or when I'm watching it um, unfold in the replies, either, you know, on Twitter's a, a big place for it, but but other places as well. I think there's a lot of misplaced frustration and fear uh, that's that's causing people to lash out. And they don't necessarily recognize where they can take some of their power back by not putting it onto others and and putting it onto the circumstances around them because circumstances can be things, but they can also be people expecting your circumstances to immediately change because you don't like how they make you feel doesn't really give you a whole lot of power. It's, it's an attempt at control, but it, it really doesn't work quite well. If you can think differently and change how you feel, you've only got to manage one person as opposed to trying to manage everything and everyone. I think you're on a, you're on a faster track to getting where you want to be when you've only got to look inwards and and have control over the one person on this planet you actually have control over. That's a great point. And, and it's hard to look inwards. It's not an easy thing. That's a, that's a caveat that I always like to extend with my mental health work as as well is that even, even though my initiative is geared towards making the process more comfortable, the, the human experience is so rich because we aren't always going to be happy or we're not always going to be comfortable, but we have it within ourselves to, to accept, you know, the beauty in that too, and, and to find our own strengths and use them to address our emotions and, and the different thought processes that we go through and to sit with them and accept them, even, even the uncomfortable ones. You, you bring up a lot of important points and I, I think it's so important, especially as, as we, you know, kind of come out of this. And I, I struggle, 
I struggle to even utter those words because after a year, it almost it almost doesn't seem real. Like, am I am I allowed to say that? Uh, like, am I legally allowed to say that we're coming out of a pandemic? It it just doesn't seem real. But you you mentioned vaccines, and that's that's another thing because some are getting them sooner than others, and I I don't mean you know just demographics like age groups and and those who are more at risk, but but country there's some countries who are just crushing it with this rollout and. Who are, who are maybe, you know, a little further ahead than others and, and opening up a bit sooner. And it, it feels like, I mean, like I kind of have a little bit of FOMO. I, like I'm a little jealous. And it, it pains me to say that because the the human in me is just thrilled that that other humans are, are finally getting through this and they can feel safe again. And I, I love that so much. But they have McDonald's and, and Canada still has a sandwich. <laughs> And it's hard, it's hard not to sit back and watch it unfold from, from the middle or near the back of the line and not feel like a little, uh, you know, like lucky. So, so like at, at this point, it's been, it's been so long dealing with this. It's, it's hard not to have that purely like selfish little pang of emotion that, that wishes it could be us too, you know, right there. E- even though I would, I would absolutely put anyone ahead who needed it more than me, like for sure. So, but, but like, how, how are we to navigate sort of these feelings that I'm sure a lot of us, you know, share internally or, or maybe externally, but this like little pang of jealousy that's, that's followed by the little pang of guilt, you know, for even being jealous in the first place. Are we like, are we allowed to feel jealous? Because like, I'm a little bit jealous and I'm a little bit impatient and, but I'm also not a monster. And so, so like, is it okay to feel this way? Your, your emotion is valid. Your emotion is valid. I think that's part of thought work because something that I stress to people is that thought work is not intended to replace all those thoughts in your head that contribute to emotions you don't feel comfortable with and then add new thoughts so that you never feel uncomfortable again. Um, you mentioned the happiness piece. I'll plug a couple episodes here. I episode four of Aligned Mind Weekly. We talk all. I talk, we I talk about um, happiness and sort of the expectation that it is not a constant state of feeling that you can be in a place where you describe your life as satisfactory, which I would qualify as happiness without feeling happy, that sensation, that feeling of happier joy all the time. Um, So I I think that that's important for people to recognize uh, when it comes to emotion management, thought management is that not all of them are going to feel great and thought works not intended to give you the magic wand that makes you never feel bad again. I, I just don't think that that happens in life. I don't think that's the goal because I don't think it's a realistic goal and and nor should it be. Um, sitting with the uncomfortable emotions though, uh, we're not good at it. A lot of us have been avoiding that for a very, very long time and, and we rush through the ones we don't like and we try to get back to the good ones. And if we can't get back to the good ones naturally, then we'll use artificial means to do that, whether that's, you know, food or drugs or alcohol or whatever it might be. But we're really inclined to like the good ones because the bad ones feel awful and no one will wants to feel awful. But I think when we get used to being uncomfortable, like that comfort with being uncomfortable, we get better at this. And that's something we learn slowly. I talk about that in episode two of Align Mind, and I'm going to come back to emotions um, and, and how to process a bad day as well in future episodes. But as far as your question, am I allowed to feel jealous? I mean, I think it's important not to morally assign 
a weight or a value or a descriptive to your to your emotions. I mean, jealousy is just an emotion. It's not morally bad or universally bad or good. I mean, some people might argue that jealousy is not one of the good ones. And and that to me is sort of of less consequence. It's how does jealousy feel to you? Is it a helpful emotion to have? If it's not, then maybe we can work on thinking about the circumstances that are kind of creating or thinking those thoughts about the circumstances differently because that's what's creating the jealousy. So sure, have the jealousy, sit with it, let it be a part of your body. I wouldn't recommend that you act on it. Um, you know, lashing, lashing out at the people who are vaccinated probably won't be super helpful. I mean, it's not like this deep seated jealousy or anything. It's just, it's just FOMO. And I, I think we just want it like everybody wants it. And because it means like, once we get it, we can kind of move on and we're, we're one step closer to normalcy again. Like, I mean, it's a process. It, like it has to play out. And I suppose, you know, we, we just have to deal with it in a way like because we can't we can't all finish at the same time. I don't like to say deal with it. I mean, you and I talked. I had a moment with this when I saw something on Twitter, probably was on Twitter, uh, announcing that Joe Biden, the president of the United States of America, had said that they're optimistic that they will have every U.S. adult who wants one vaccinated by the end of May. And and then the follow up headline for Canada, which is where we are, which which is what matters to me in terms of making sure that my family is vaccinated, making sure that I'm vaccinated, we're still trending towards, you know, end of September. So that's a significant, you know, stretch of time in between the two goals there. And I went into it, I was the kid who didn't have the McDonald's, like every level of, you know, and I practice thought work, but gosh, I'm not perfect at this by any stretch of the imagination. It's a work in progress. I had a moment with it where I just, I cried my eyes out feeling so frustrated. Not that I begrudge anybody else the safety that is inherent with taking this vaccine. Um, I certainly want to see anyone who is vulnerable vaccinated as soon as possible. And and I go on record as saying, give them mine if that's if that's how that rolls out. Um, you know, but that's a priority to me. But yeah, I did have the moment of thinking, I'm going to have to watch these people on Twitter this summer at their cookouts on the 4th of July. And we're going to do Canada Day by standing on our balconies, waving our flags at each other and clapping like we've been doing for the last year. So I did it. You know what? I let myself feel it. I let myself, I didn't judge myself um, outside of sort of the joking kind of reflection backwards, which is, you know, the label of the kid without the McDonald's. But in the moment, I really just sort of tried to silence that inner critic that there was anything wrong with feeling this, this way. Let myself feel it. And then circling back on how do we manage it? Because I think there's a difference between coping and managing. For me, coping is surviving. It's just keeping your head above water. doesn't really set you up long term to come out of this uh, in a healthy way where you're growing from it. I think managing does have those opportunities. So one thing I would never say to you is it just it is what it is. I mean, the reality, we can't do a whole heck of a lot to control how fast Canada gets these into the country and then and then what that rollout plan looks like. So some some of it requires acceptance. It's acceptance of the things that are beyond our control and then bringing it back to allowing ourselves to be frustrated where where necessary, but identify things that we can still 
have some level of control over in our own day-to-day lives outside or irrespective of when we get that vaccine. So what can we do for the next potentially, maybe it's going to be four months, maybe it's going to be six months, I don't know, to make the most of the situation we end up in, not specifically knowing what that's going to look like until we get there. All right. I feel better. I appreciate that. Um, because I, I think it's something that a lot of us, like a lot of people, like it's just, it's difficult to kind of articulate because like you said, if anyone, which given my age and, and demographic is nearly everyone, you know, needs the vaccine before me, then absolutely. I think they should have it. Like no question. My, my priorities, my values are, are where they should be. It's just this selfish little twinge of, of a feeling that I just want it so that I can move on with my life as well. Um, I think a lot of people will be, you know, happy to hear us go back and forth a little bit about that, um, just to share a little of that frustration. And, and once we've done that, we can reflect on the fact that that we're getting there. It'll happen. We just need to, you know, keep tapping into our patience and our, our perspective a little bit longer because we can't control exactly when our turn will be, but we can control our reaction to that reality and not, not let those feelings of frustration overcome us. And... Honestly, punishing yourself for feeling frustrated doesn't make the situation better for you emotionally either, right? Because you're just compounding really uncomfortable emotions because now you're doing some form of judgment on layering it on top of the frustration. So you can have a self-check-in conversation. And and I think that those are good. I have them out loud with myself. I try to use a voice that sounds a lot like a kindergarten teacher. Um, I think all of us have that inner child that likes to be spoken to in a soft, soothing tone, which is why my voice sounds different on Align Mind Weekly than it does on this podcast, not to mention a little bit of the sinus stuff I've got going on today. But I think it's important to be gentle with ourselves. When we're frustrated, it doesn't help to say snap out of it. How often has that ever worked? I mean, I'm a sum total of zero times has someone told me or have I told myself to snap out of something and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, no, I'm better. Thank you for saying that. You've just changed the whole course of today. Um, So I think it's being gentle with ourselves going, yeah, I am frustrated. Where's that frustration coming from? You know, am I feeling a little bit lonely? Is that why? Am I feeling a little bit isolated? Is that why? Like there's usually some layers. Um, I've heard it referred to as a thought onion where you kind of go down each layer with kind of where is it really coming from? But you can you can spend some time with yourself once the initial emotion subsides and try to figure out the root cause of all of it in a really sort of curious way, non-judgmental, curious way, and then start to really think about, okay, so what can I do to think about this situation differently? Because some of these circumstances are beyond my control. So the only way I'm going to change how I feel about them is to change the way I think about them. Yes. Be kind to yourself. I think I think we're our own worst critics, uh, like especially if you're an empathetic person, as I feel that most people are. It's it's frustrating to feel frustrated because it conflicts a little bit with our, our values of putting others in need before us and not to feel too selfish. But it's it's OK to feel like a little jealous to feel that. But, you know, just in a in a healthy way. So. OK, so with all that being said, I'd like to I want to wrap everything up and kind of review like our perspective as we as we look to move forward as governments roll out vaccines and start lifting restrictions with the hope that there won't be a third wave and there won't be any regression. We, I think we have to look at, at two things. 
um, we need to be prepared to keep living each day, uh, staying vigilant and, and staying hopeful, but also keeping realistic expectations and to not let the uncertainty kind of overwhelm us. And I, I think it's also important to take the time to reflect back on the past year as well, to reflect back on not only the, the hardships we faced and, and the potential toll that it's been taking on us, and, and how important it is to start addressing some of those effects, but also to take a moment to, to celebrate and go, yes, like you've made it through so much. You're strong and you're resilient and you've adapted and you've pushed through and, and hopefully the worst is behind us now. And like to acknowledge um, that as strong as, you know, to also acknowledge that as strong as we've been, we, we need to process everything and then take an inventory of our emotional state uh, like proactively and and we need to address any issues that we've been sort of ignoring uh, in the name of just like surviving and persevering like what what can we learn what can we take from the last year that will make coming out of this easier but also can I come out of this stronger how how will I be more prepared for the next instance of ad- adversity that we'll face in the future so so Sam, like what would be your Cole's notes to sort of neatly tie off everything that we've kind of discussed today? Sure. One of them is respecting that patience and frustration can exist in the same space. Um, you can be frustrated, but exercise patience in this regard, because patience means you're still doing everything you need to do until it is safe to do the other things but you're allowing yourself to be frustrated with the fact that you have to hold back or or observe those restrictions or observe those requests from your government, from our medical experts, uh, the other messaging that we're getting on this. So we talked a little bit about in our conversation earlier this week, Christopher, we talked about the difference between being impatient and patient. And I think impatient looks like you just decide to stop wearing a mask or you just decide to stop distancing or, or you're making decisions for yourself simply because you're kind of fed up. And and being fed up is an absolutely sort of natural place to be at with all of this. I think we've, we've all felt it to some degree, um, but we, we got to stay the course. Uh, keep making the smart decisions for ourselves and for our communities and and being safe with it. And then I think, yeah, to your point, it's looking at it and saying that I have demonstrated, me as a person, not, not specifically Samantha, but every single one of us have demonstrated a level of resilience through something that no one has ever been through before that, that is alive today, presumably. Um, you, you know, and we, we made it through to the other end. Um, some of us made it through with some bumps and bruises, and we're going to need to address that. We should be trying to address it now if we can, if we have the access to the resources. I think you've done a great job of getting people to start thinking about kind of how do I get in touch with the people I need to be in touch with to address some of this. Um, So for those of you who are listening today who didn't listen to episode two of Christopher's podcast, the Vibe Mental Health podcast, great opportunity to think about how do you get there into that first appointment or or tapping into the resources available because I think it's it's a good time is to start now don't wait till it's over we can we can start building up some of the um you know foundation that we're going to need to then get through the aftermath because a lot of us are still in survival mode right now and we don't even necessarily know what 
we might feel when this is all said and done. Uh, we don't know what it's going to be like to emerge back into the world. I'll use a pop culture reference. If you think about the movie, The Wizard of Oz, and the good witch shows up and she's trying to incur them, encourage the munchkins to come out from underneath. They've been hiding under the houses because the bad witch was there. And I kind of feel like there's going to be a moment of that for some of us going, are we safe to come out? Is it okay? Can we really go to this? I mean, I'm so desperate to go to a concert. It's why I use the example, but I'm still going to be really unsure. Is it, are you sure? Are you sure I'm allowed to be in a crowd of people without a mask on? Are, Are you sure I'm allowed to hug my friends again? You know, am I, am I, 100% confident that the decisions I'm making are still safe to do. So there's going to be a lot of kind of precarious uncertainty going into it. Some people will suffer more than others. Anyone who already had social anxiety or agoraphobia is probably going to struggle. And those people do need support. And I think we need to identify, hey, I've gotten through this. What do I need to do to support myself having gone through it and any of the other life stuff that happened to me in the last 12 months on top of that, if that's losing a job, if that's a divorce, if whatever it might be. But also when the world changes back to some version of what we thought we knew, because I don't think it'll ever be exactly the same, what might I need specifically as a person to do that? And, And I'll use the most basic of examples. I'm not sure how well I'm going to adjust back to a schedule that doesn't like from a work-life balance perspective, which, you know, does tap nicely into my mental health. If I'm asked to come back to the office and I spend time commuting and I spend, you know, time away from the home more than I do, there'll be benefits, but there'll also be, you know, some consequences there and being, making sure that I'm prepared to adjust on that end as well. So there's, there's a lot of things I think we can start thinking about now. We don't know when we necessarily need to implement it, but we can certainly prepare ourselves. Yes. I'm glad you brought that up because I sort of, I sort of see it as akin to us uh, eyeing up our next vacation or, or concert or whatever. Like we're, we're in that planning mode, that, that planning mentality. So Maybe you can take, like, maybe we could take that that train of thought and say, yeah, maybe maybe I will look into getting some resources ready for me and my family. Maybe I will start interviewing potential therapists and and look into some virtual therapy or or queue up some pod, queue up some podcasts. So you you can stay, you know, proactive and stay on top of these things. It's it's not all doom and gloom. We are here. We've survived. Uh, we just need to tie up some loose ends that have been left to fray. I think a little bit because we've been in survival mode for so long. Um, there's there's nothing wrong with with staying on top of things, because as as we're here to tell people, there there's issues that can sneak up on you, and not only that, but but like previous conditions like anxiety, agoraphobia, d- uh, depression, can and and probably were exasperated uh, by the events of the past year. And it's it's important to address them and explore what impact they've had on us. Absolutely. Um, also, uh, thank you for the endorsement for my podcast. I, like, I do talk about that, that in between phase when you're, when you're at that point where you're like, okay, maybe, maybe I should talk to somebody now. How, how the hell am I going to go about doing that? So I, I dedicated, um, last week's episode entirely to, to just that, that place. So, uh, Sam, I, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Um, I urge everybody to check out Sam's podcast, Align Mind Weekly. 
which is available everywhere that you find your podcasts. Um, you can follow her uh, at Annaline Mind uh, with an underscore in between each word um, on uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, it's been a it's been a pleasure as always to chat with you about anything really but today to chat about the pandemic and to hear more about thought work and mindset management and i look forward to many more insightful chats in the future yes thank you for the opportunity i'm i you know what this has been a great conversation i look forward to a chance to do it again all right friends as always you can reach me at vivementalhealth at gmail.com with any suggestions comments sponsorship inquiries if you're an artist and you're interested in having vive feature your music or promote your art please drop me a line as well there's a link to the vive mental health patreon in the description below as well as links to find us on twitter instagram facebook tiktok and youtube i want to thank you so much for listening your support means the world to me and the mental health community so today I'm going to leave you with an extended clip of the Vive intro music, a song by a band that I used to sing and play guitar in. We were called No Witness, and this song was written during the time I began my own mental health journey, a song that is very near and dear to me. So this song is called My World. Take care of yourselves and each other, and we will see you next week. Song gonna level me off. No, it don't happen every day.